Call it Paul. Shield. Hey. Yo. Mike oh. down. Who? Mike down. Down. Holla at your boy, baby. Hey. Yo. You killed it on this one, man. Shield. Uh -huh. We got Yin Yang twins and Mike Jones in the house tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Call it Paul. Can switch the house in this bitch. That right. Check it out. Welcome back, Beards Watch Podcast, episode ooh, 214, Charles number one podcast recorded in the basement. Still killing the Zoom because why not? COVID's still out there, but why not use this time to get, as we've been saying, get more people who would not normally be able to join in Charlotte via Tuesday or during the week or even maybe during the weekend. So, yes, we're here. It's me, J Row Nation. Find me on Twitter and Instagram, the Beards Watch Podcast on Facebook. YouTube, they see me rolling for our. Reaction videos, Beerio carts, all that good stuff. We will be doing reaction videos for this upcoming Panther season. I feel like there are going to be a lot more people doing reaction videos because no one's going to be able to go to the games. So we will be doing those. So subscribe to that, and then you can find our podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, the Beards Watch Podcast. So, Duval, happy birthday. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thank you. Uh, you know, first podcast as a 31-year-old. Uh, feels good. Uh, thank you all again for the birthday wishes. Uh, if you're looking for me, my Twitter, Rod first of all, Instagram, just How is it? Any differences in 30 and 31 after four or five days? Um, no. I uh, pretty much same similar routine. I still get up every morning and stretch because I'm old. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, yeah, that's about it. Still home, still working from home, um, still no haircut, still growing with the beers. So, yeah, you know, I'm just out here living. But, so you uh, same old, same old. You sticking it all the way till 2021 till you get a cut? That's the way I feel, to be honest with you. Okay. And it, it, I mean, nobody's seeing me, <laughs> um, so I'm gonna just let it go. I, I know uh, I went by Saturday to. to See my grandma. I dropped, my dad grilled out for me on my birthday, so I went by and took like a two gold plates with my grandma. And as she came to the door, she was just like, "You need to come by here, and let me braid that." I was like, "No, man, no, I'm But you know, then I go around the corner to both my grandparents say the same complex. One is like, "I like the beard, you can get rid of the hair." The other one's like. I like the hair, you can get rid of the beard, so you know what, I'm just going to keep them both and just see what happens, at least till the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I, this is the longest I've gone in a while. I, we, Me and Duval had a semi-unspoken challenge of how long we could grow our hair. I haven't trimmed it since right before the pandemic, same as my son, and now we're getting, you know, the, like, my grandpa gave me the, oh, Luke's gonna not going to be able to know who his dad and mom are because my hair's so long. I'm like, whoa, that's that old school White grandpa joke right there. I was like, good gracious, okay, we'll just let that rock. Uh, I don't know if it's more of a burn on me or Jerry Anna because I got a full face of a beard. So I was like, oh, we'll just let that roll. And then uh, Jerry and his dad, so my father-in-law came over last Friday to hang out while Jerry Anna and some girlfriends did some stuff. And he just constantly talks about, like, Luke getting a haircut. And if you know me, the more someone tells me to do something, I don't want to do what they're telling me to do. Yep. So, and I, and I kind of just, it's like one of those, like, I don't need to argue with him. Let's not do it. And at one point, I just, I just want to be like, look, this, let me just raise my son. I appreciate you being here, but it's a haircut. It'll be all right. Like, let it go. 
So, but it's all all good fun. We're good. So I think we're gonna try to. I might get my cut after my birthday coming up in a couple days. And Luke starts preschool next week, and I think his mother Annie probably just needs a fresh cut just for that first little, you know, first day of preschool thing. So, but it's been good. I can't believe it's been this long. I actually am getting annoyed. Yours doesn't lay down as much, right? Mine's in my eyes when I go to sleep, and I, I'm like, man, this is getting too much for me. So it's just it ain't, it ain't working as much anywhere. Well. But I, you know, I and know I can people. Tell you, go ahead. Yeah, I, I can tell you that uh, sometimes I'll I'll be eating and I have food in it, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And then sometimes like I get it like around my mustache, so like I'll eat and if I chew. Something get caught in my mouth, and I'm yeah. just like, "What is this?" Like, yeah. I have to like readjust, and I'm just like, "Yeah, this is this." I don't know how people do it. Yeah, I I got to keep the beard trimmed up a little bit just because it does. You end up eating your hair more than anything else, but yeah, the long hair is is getting to me now. You know, because now luckily with quarantine going into work, I'm cool with wearing a hat. Like they'll let you wear a hat during the week. I don't know if I could do it because I only go in the office one or two days a week, and it's minimal people. If it was regular hours, I don't think during Monday through Fridays they don't necessarily like you wearing hats all the time right now. So, you know, we'll get away with it as long as we can. But, yeah, so, Jeeves, how you doing? Looking like you still got the same cut. Oh, oh yeah. Always going to have the same cut. <laughs> but we doing good. Yeah. Um, work's, work's been a little crazy this week, but we're surviving. If you want to find me on Instagram and Twitter, it's Jeeves1988. And for for our cheeks out there, Jeeves does have a different view. He's in a different room, so he doesn't look like he's always staring down at you like he normally does in all his Zooms. So, there it is. All right, so our guest this evening for this week is a longtime friend. I'll say middle school when I first met her, and then all the way through high school and then interactions throughout college while she was at ECU. I visited ECU from USCG for a little bit. And then throughout coming back home for Charlotte visits every now and then, holidays, whatever, running each other. And then same thing, going over to Duval when he would used to have his birthdays or cookouts. Now with COVID, hadn't happened, you know, run in. And then, you know, keep in touch on the Internet via all the social medias, which are the positives of it. But, uh, Brittany, how you doing? I'm, I'm great. Yeah? And I – to say before we get started my biggest regret from when i lived in charlotte was not coming by to see you and jeriana so i'm <laughs> sorry hey this is the record recorded biggest regret I've <laughs> it's it, you know it's funny you say that because i remember it was probably what two or three probably three years ago because i missed duval's cookout last year for Memorial Day, because I was at Nathan Schaefer's bachelorette party in Vegas. Yeah. So it was three years ago, and I remember, I can't even remember, Duvall, I don't even know if Duvall told us that you were living there for a little bit before you yeah. found your own place. Like, it was like, he, it was just like, one day he mentioned, he's like, oh yeah, you know, Brittany's been staying over here just because she needed a place. I'm like, how long has she been there? Oh, like three, four months. I'm like, wait, what? You just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to speak? Like, yeah. <laughs> now, to my defense, and I know I'm going to For people who may have no idea who you are, back, like I said, I said earlier, 
we met at Bradley, then went Hopewell, and then you went to ECU. And then, after, so what did you go to ECU for? What did you major in? I majored in social diversity, so I did sociology. So okay. All the stuff that's going on right now is really like <laughs> yeah. my text coming to life. Yeah, right? Right? <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. Woo-hoo. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, after that, I moved to Asheville and I lived there for six years and lived the mountain life, and now I'm in Wilmington. So, what did you do? You graduated, and then what kind of was the job you were looking for? Was it the job you were looking for, and then Asheville? Was that the job you were kind of looking for, or did it just kind of fall in your lap and go, hey, I'll go down this path? Not even going to lie, I was one of those people that just, like, lucked out, yeah. like, two weeks after graduation. Yeah. <laughs> not my dream job. Yeah, hey. Like, <laughs> great. <laughs> so I worked for ECU for two years recruiting, and then I recruited for you in Asheville for Six years. Six years. Wow. So, okay. so was, uh, yeah. recruiting wise, you're just recruiting for like the school. You'd go to high schools and set up the table when they would do like career day or college day. And you just kind of what? Yeah. Handed out some pamphlets, talked about the majors, the pros, the cons. Or I don't know. Did you ever really talk about the cons? Or was it all positive? Yeah. yeah? It's, it's definitely sales. Submissions of sales. Yeah. But I think the thing that people don't realize is that it's usually recent grads that are right out of school yeah, and they send you all over the place. Like my first year, they would be like, Hey, there's three college fairs in New Jersey next week. Plan three schools a day around on those fairs. There you go. Wow. <laughs> where was the, <laughs> so you just have to be up there for a week. <laughs> right. Yeah. Where was the, where was the farthest state or place you went to? Um, I graduated in 2011, so they were still doing the budget cuts from the 08 crash. Yep. So so I had to drive everywhere, um, and the farthest I went was um, New York. Wow. But right outside the city, yeah. So I went through the city, but I also went right outside the city. That's a a hell of a drive. Right? What is that? And and we couldn't stay over the weekends, so I had to come back every time. Yeah, that's that's when the hotel prices go up is over the weekends. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. a white dust caravan. Wow. Just so did they did they supply you with the car and the gas or was it okay? Yeah. Okay. Nice. But you work the state, so you get what the car they give you. Yeah. So I had like a minivan at one point. Like I will, if anybody ever needs to buy an Impala, they're great. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yes. Okay, so you did Asheville. I mean, you've gone from Asheville to now Wilmington. I feel like the complete two opposites of North Carolina there. But you were ECU, then Asheville. So how was it like, again, going from the beach kind of coastal atmosphere at ECU to then Asheville for six years? I mean, obviously you enjoyed it because you were there for six years. What, what, in my experience with Asheville, very hippie. There, a lot of beer there, but what kind of was your why six years? I loved the job. Yeah, like I loved my job. Okay, loved my job. I met some amazing people. Asheville, though, I, I'm definitely an Eastern North Carolina girl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the beer is great. Yeah. I have great taste in beer now, yep. like for real. Uh, but I gained fifty pounds because <laughs> it's cold. Yeah, and it's cold. <laughs> and I don't want to I'm not a hiker y'all know me I'm not like a hiker yeah. or like a outdoorsy kind of gal so 
I thought I was a liberal, and then I moved to Asheville, and the, I learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's further left. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. But, it, yeah, it, it was a great experience, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about white people yeah. that I didn't think I knew. Yeah. Because. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah. A white people. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you the, normal white people like distilled pure pure white people. yeah that, that have basically been there and haven't left they just stay and don't experience anything else so how was that experience being black up in Asheville and recruiting people to Asheville because you're not necessarily the necessarily the face of what UNC Asheville is that they're sending out I mean <laughs> It's a cool school. Like, it's yeah. a really great school. So it's, it's, the cool thing about college admissions is, like, either you want to apply here or you don't. Yeah. Like, I can convince you based on different, like, oh, you didn't know we had a, a partnership with NC State. This is this really cool engineering program. Like, and if you don't want to do that, then I'm, I can't make you. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. So, and my paycheck doesn't change. It's not like, <laughs> admission based, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That was cool. And it's cool to kind of, the cool part was getting, kids who didn't look like the mold to like think about it yeah and then they end up on campus and you're like dude yeah like it's cool here right like yeah. it's nice like this is a good fit so that was the cool part but um i would go days outside of work like not seeing a person of color like, wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> no lie my favorite diversity Asheville story is i was at harris teeter before work so it was like seven something walk in and this dude was like watching me walk from my car to the store and I was like okay yeah. come out and he's still out there like kind of watching me and I was like okay let me get my car it's not like nighttime, so I wasn't scared but it was like I beat you yeah. he walks up to my car and goes hey man just want to let you know ain't a lot of black people out here man here's my card if you ever need anything <laughs> whoa <laughs> just looking out yeah, looking out for the cookout. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I can understand that. Because this, I guess, I guess he wanted to give you that acknowledgement. Just that you know, black people, they have that like, if you're the only black person in the room, and then you see one other black person, you might not know, but you're just like, I see you, you know. So okay. okay. So did you did you end up finding a couple other black people that you could hang out with, or did you just kind of roll with the people you met and you know? It didn't really matter per se. I mean, yes and no, but at the same time, like I was deep in the trenches with work, and yeah. so I was the person that I was single and I had no family, and I yep. wasn't like super into Asheville, so I volunteered to go on whatever trip. Yeah. Like, I drove to Ohio twice. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. I was like, like so. Yeah, I, like I made good friends there, but most of them were work friends, yeah. and like learned a lot about myself you know like it was just that was you know in your 20s you go through like the weird rocky like transitions and, mm -hmm. and shedding friends and gaining friends that that was my Asheville you yeah know? well I mean like it, I grew up and that's what it, speaking of shedding friends I mean you really figure out who is your friends and who you stay in contact with when you move somewhere and there's not a lot of people I mean you did you did you know anybody that was living there prior to moving that you may have known in the past and maybe hung out with or was it just a total hey this is a job I know it's in North Carolina let's check it out I got a job and within I've been to Asheville once and yeah. within two weeks I lived in Asheville wow, wow. okay yeah. so so no one you really yeah, knew out there 
Say what? No. Do you remember Nikki Decker from middle school? Yes. She saw I was moving on Facebook. Like, we didn't go to high school with her. And she yeah. was like, hey, I'm subletting my apartment. So I, like, randomly sublet from Nikki Decker for, like, two months. Wow. And that was it. Yeah. I didn't really... I knew uh, a few people, but nothing like nothing that you really wanted to hang out with or whatever it is. Okay, well, so what was the, the move, but that's not. <laughs> <laughs> what What was the coldest day you had up there? Negative nine. That was Ooh. the polar vortex happened. Was that okay? Did you have to go to work that day, or were you off? No, we had to go to work. Oh. So how, yes, coming from ECU, like yeah. if you see a snowflake, we're shutting it down. Like there's yeah. no like, Charlie like, too. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. No. they were like, oh, okay, well I have gear for this. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know they made like heavier coats, but yeah. they do. Like it's just like that. I remember snowed in four days on my birthday. That wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, I remember like when we were in high school and App State was the big go, right? Because they were winning those championships or whatever and everybody kind of not everybody a lot of people want to go to App State I remember like telling my dad that and him just going okay but just think about you know January February and then ask some of those people you knew that graduated and went and see how they like it and talking to them being like yeah we had to walk to class when it was four feet of snow and he was like if you want to do that by all means but I just have a feeling that that's not going to be up your alley and I was like yeah you're probably that's right that's okay. <laughs> I mean I enjoy the snow but I like it when it's canceled and I can enjoy it myself not yeah. to have to walk and I remember talking to people and them just saying that and being like whoo I'm glad I didn't didn't go there for that because that's yeah that sounds miserable so yeah I will say it's not as bad as Boone Boone yeah. is another yes. level yeah. like another level but yeah I'm just not built for it I'm just so what was your your uh, start to look for another job? What was it? Was it the cold weather? Was it just time to change the scenery up? Or did this just pop in your lap and you were like, hey, I got to take it? Do you want the honest answer? Yeah. Like I mean, whatever makes you – whatever you want to say. We're always about honesty. I just really didn't want to get my master's. I just really didn't want to get my master's. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I moved up like, in higher ed like, yeah. because it's higher education you need yep. a master's. And – I, the higher up you go in higher ed, the less contact you have with kids. And, like, that's my favorite part. So, yeah. and I just didn't see it moving up. So, I just, I wanted to work in college access, and I got a job in college access. So, gotcha. it worked out. So, you just start, so you just, you realize you didn't necessarily want to get your master's and then start looking for other jobs at other colleges. What was the yeah. farthest place you applied to? Or did you want to stay in North Carolina? I am really weird. I'm one of those like intentional people. I only applied to ECU for college. Yeah. I only applied to two places when I applied to UNCA. So I only applied. To, I, something came open. I applied to it, and here I am. So you do not regret your decision of not getting your master's. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you on that. I feel. I think. I don't know. I don't know. Duvall, did you ever think about getting your master's? Um, for a little while. Yeah. Um, but then a part of me was like, if I'm able to find ways to get different certifications and things like that, that can still put me in a position to where I can still have the same amount of success, if not more, without having a master's. Yeah. So whether it be your Six Sigma or whatever other thing you want to do, um, you know, I feel like you can do that too. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I, I, I'm all for people getting a higher education, getting a master's, PhD, whatever your choice yeah. is. Um, there's also there's, there's there's a risk reward with that. Okay, so you got the reward, you got your degree. But what about those student loans? What oh, about yeah. that? 
you know, that money you got to pay back. Now, if you're going for free, I mean, hey, by all means. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, it's a lot of money to pay back as being a lawyer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you may have $200,000, but you might have $300,000 in student loans that you're paying back, too. So, yeah. you know, it just you, you got to weigh your options. Yeah, I think I had that same scenario, like, right, you know, you're finishing your undergrad, what are you going to do? And thinking about it, and talking to professors, and I'm glad I didn't, because now, especially in my field, it's very rare you meet somebody who has it, and I, the funny story, we brought up Cheeks again, just him last week before the podcast, and I was talking to him, he's at Texas Tech finishing up his master's, and he was like, yeah, it was a bad, bad decision. It was a mistake. Now he's regretting it, knowing I don't. You know, I haven't really talked to him about why, but I think it's on top of like you said, the loans slash. If you feel like you can get where you need to get without doing that, you know. So, but yeah, no, okay. And and, and I was going to say, and then to add to that, um, like just the simple fact that if you don't like specifically like like say for instance, if you depending on your field, you might not. I mean, there's people that go from just having a bachelor's and excel so much more than people that, that, that actually don't have a bachelor's. Yeah. Have a bachelor's or a master's. You know, there's people out there that just depends on what you want to do. Yeah. Now, if, if I could go back and switch my major possibly, I may have done that. I may have picked up another field. Like, I may have done business IT or something like that because that would give me more of an ex- 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 you know, exposure to IT, you know, but, you know. I'm still comfortable where I'm at. Yeah. Because, you, know, you can't see where you're going until you see where you're coming. So. Oh, the king of cliches strikes again. There he is. Yeah. Time to give me another drink. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna get one after you. Okay, so so you get you get the Wilmington job. What happened now what's the different vibes there between Wilmington and Asheville? Obviously I mean obviously the easy one. Beach mountains, but people-wise, everything else? People are more down-to-earth here, I would say. I think they're both tourist areas, Yeah, I, I love that. I love that, like, you see different people all the time, and, like, people at, at a happy time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. People realize, like, tourist towns, like, people are pretty, like, chill, and, like, I'm off work, and I'm in a good mood, and, like, so they're friendly, that's a cool part of living in a tourist place. And, like, you never you never have to go anywhere. Like, your friends come visit you because you That's live true. in a cool city. Yeah. So, yeah. that works. But I would say Wilmington's just more my speed. Like, yeah. it's definitely more, like, southern feel, if that makes any sense. Mm. Appalachia is just, it's a different world. Yeah. And I don't think people realize, like, Asheville is in Appalachia. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Shirtless, overall, barefoot men in the grocery store. Like, that's real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, and people aren't, and no shade to Asheville, because Asheville is a very free-to-be kind of place. I felt really comfortable kind of pushing the limits, like, with my clothes and stuff there than I do other places. But um, you do have the people that are trying to prove that they're on the other side of things. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to prove that I'm different. I'm, I'm, you know, and that's not the majority, but you don't really get that here. Okay. Um, but surprisingly, the drugs are worse here. Really? It's weird. Yeah. Huh. It's weird. Like, yeah. you just see more... Actually, you see a lot of buskers and, like, people playing the banjo on the side of the street with their hat, you know, like... But, you have, but here, it's like, people are... 
the opioid crisis is like you can tell it's like hey, really, yeah What's your, uh, what's your, okay, real quick. What was your favorite thing to do in Asheville, and now what's your favorite thing to do in Wilmington? Ooh, good question. Favorite thing to do in Asheville was eat and drink beer. Yeah. Like, you cannot have a bad meal in Asheville. Yeah. Like, at all, no matter where you go, there yeah. is a gas station in Asheville that has the best Thai food. At, like, you don't get that anywhere else. But Wilmington, there's nothing like being able to go to the beach on yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's just mm-hmm. there's no, and I already work from home. Like I worked from home before this, so if I have a day full of webinars, I'm going to the beach and putting them on speaker. Yeah. And just filling, you know, like you can do that. So that's hands down the best thing to do. Do Do you ever think that you know being next to the beach would ever get old? Because you know there's some people that they live on the beach their entire life. I think no, because I chose to be here. I think the people who grew up here, I totally get that. But like, I, I've lived other parts of the state. I know I don't want to leave North Carolina, and I'm two hours from my mom, so it's like cool to be close to her, um, and you know, be closer to family. But at the same time, like, I'm in a place where I'm planning on buying a house here. I'm not going to go. Hurricanes don't scare you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I have y'all in Charlotte. I'm like, that's I have so much. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom, like, I have people I can go to, but in college, I saw a tree pop out of the ground for my ring, and I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> 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 this be a tree uprooted? Like, I don't, I don't miss it, no, but Mother Nature can have it. I'm yeah. good. If yeah. they leave, I'm leaving. <laughs> So, so I got a question. Go ahead, Duval. So, so, um, so tell us about maybe like the, I mean, like I said, you spent six years recruiting for Asheville. Can you tell us about at least one kid, um, male or female, that really kind of touched you to where like you think about them all the time, whether it be like they, um, they, they tried to get in and didn't get in or, or, like, I guess, like, maybe just one of the, I wouldn't even say necessarily they didn't get in, but just maybe one of those um, kids that really kind of, you uh, remember the most. A heartstring story? Good, bad. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, there's categories. <laughs> there's, like, strange stories, and there's also those, like, uplifting ones. Um, okay, one of each, then. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would definitely say, excuse me, I'm just a beer. My goodness, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> When I was working in Charlotte, there's a school, high school in Charlotte that is, I would say, nine, no, not a lot, 98% black. Um, and just to give you background, like, I love to think of, like, the big picture when it comes to high schools and stuff like that and how education is so important when it comes to equity. One year when I was at, uh, my last year working at ECU, so a, a while back, I had a school that had a, their senior class had over 300 students and less than 100 of them had a 2.5. Wow. And then in the same district, then another school, their their valedictorian had like a 6.0. Wow. So that's how bad it is when it comes to like 
funds and funding being uh, allocated equally, it's even in, one, in the same district. Yeah. So I say that all to say, there are some schools that are guarantees. You're going to get kids from, not a question. And with a school like UNCA, it's very um, niche. Like it's, it, you know the kids that want to go to UNC Asheville. And <laughs> <laughs> in a good way, like they're the quirky ones. They're the, you know, the poet yep. or the one that like, you know, only wears tie-dye to school. Like, if a kid had a Grateful Dead t-shirt on, they'd be like, hey, you're, you're mine. Come to me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you still recruit because it's a public school at all the schools, or you try to be as equitable as possible. So I, I was at this school doing kind of my normal spiel, and then I said, you know, I can come back to help with essays if needed. Like, I lived really close to this school. So the teacher kept asking me to come back, and one of the kids was like, hey, I'm doing an essay. Do you mind helping me? And I was like, yeah, just let me know what school you're, you're applying to, and I'll help. And he looked at me and said, I'm going to your school. So him and two of his friends, like, really wanted to come, and they were a little bit below what we admit, but, like, it was doable because diversity is a big thing. And yeah. if I can say, like, I can get this kid and if we get him the right resources, that was the best part of working there because it's so small. You could say, like, okay, I'm going to bring you over to student affairs. I want you to meet this person when you're recruiting a student. We're in the ECU. There's no way. With 4,000 freshmen, there's no way. <laughs> you can see I got 4,000 students overall. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Cool. Um, but these three boys tried their hardest and I told them like everything they needed to do. They they did everything I asked them to do. And one of them didn't score the good score on the SAT. So we had to, I had him to take again and he scored the same score again and came to school crying. His teacher called me and was like, he's crying in class right now. And I've never seen him like emote. So I we need to do something. So I brought the case to my boss and was like, we get kids from this school. <laughs> like, first of all, what? Where do we never get kids from this school? Second of all, like, if we get him, we'll get all three. And if we get all three, they'll graduate. You know, like, this is a package deal. If you really are into diversity, we need to make this happen. Yeah. And we did. And they're all three still there. And one of them has, like, a girlfriend. And one of them is, like, a tour guide now. And the other one, like, they're all doing really, really well. And it's just so, that's, that's why... Like, I was cool making what I was making and, like, being kind of unhappy in Asheville. It's like, you have kids like that all, it's the most gratifying job. Like, you have kids graduate and will message you and be like, you're the reason I walked across the stage. Or I never thought about college until you came to my class in ninth grade. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, I have countless stories of kids that are, like, doing stuff. Like, my first kid I admitted there was trans and went to a school up in our area where I can hey, tell you. Yeah, it ain't, I, yeah, it ain't, it ain't really up. No, no, Peter, yeah, yeah. No, Whoa. like completely transitioned while they were in school and like now is happy and has a great job and is with their partner and it's just stuff like that I would have never been able to do at a, at a bigger school. So, but the bizarre, um, I don't know if I can get too personal because there are like some. <laughs> um, I was at a, okay, one of my favorites. I was at a college fair. This girl's walking around. She's like angry, like for no reason. And background wise, we do like 15 to 20 college fairs a week in the fall. So they start to run together. You're in a hotel with like 40 other admissions counselors, and you go from school to school to school together. All it's like adult summer camp. So you trade stories. 
this little girl walked up to me and she was like, what kind of dark stuff do you have on your campus? I was oh. like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> any graveyards? Do you not have any graveyards? What? <laughs> I'm so sorry. She was like, can I pass? No. just like trolling you or was she no she was she was just out there oh, she was she, just that type of person okay okay, okay. That. okay. That. yeah there's no matter troll like and every school has their yes. own, like specific troll yes. line like he's you know come to party I'm yeah come to party and i'm like what's your gpa <laughs> 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 no, <you're not>. yeah <laughs> yeah so it's, it's an interesting world and i wish other people could see like just the bizarre weird stuff that like colleges have as majors and like the kids like questions kids ask the things people name their kids it's oh yeah like, <laughs> yeah things are nuts right yeah it's it's a whole world like that i don't think people think about on a, on a day-to-day basis. now what was so when you like you said you started at ecu and you were fresh out so you still were yeah. You know, 21, 22, still hitting the bar scene heavily, hitting the... Where was that? Did you have to make sure you didn't go to the undergrad spots or make sure you didn't run into somebody that, you know, you didn't need to be partying or drinking with since you just said, like, did you come across those where you'd run into somebody using a fake ID and then you'd be like, yo, I need to get out of here real quick so it doesn't cost me my job or was it a little more laid back? It was a little more laid back. And the thing about admissions is I work, like, out. But, like, okay. I work with high school kids. I don't really work with current students. Yeah. So, you didn't really have to, like, that you would, you, would, issue. you would maybe forget most of them by the time, like, you yeah, think. Yeah, I think, I think, like, three or four years of recruitment for kids to actually start being on campus and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. But I did have a kid. I was an orientation assistant in college, so like all the freshmen I met every single year. Yeah. And I think my second year working there, I was in a bar, and one of the kids came up to me, and in my mind he was a kid. He's like three years younger than me, but he was yeah. like, "Teacher now," and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so you wouldn't necessarily run into too many people since you recruited people. Probably what the what would be the latest time you go to these college fairs? Like February, but or is that too late? What do you mean? Like, like when you did like your college fairs, like basically, like when you're saying you're you're trying to get those freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and maybe the first half of your senior year in high school. But when's the last like? So by the time those kids get on campus, you've either kind of forgotten about. I mean, I know you just told a story about knowing those three kids, but most of the time you're. You're going through and meeting so many people. It's not like you said. You're not going to run into them or anything like that. I mean, they may yeah, they may remember yeah. you, but you, yeah, you different story. But okay. you see you, yeah, yeah. No, no. By the time they got on campus, we were already either so, out on the road for the next season, or yeah, they weren't. Gotcha. Um, yeah, because been yeah, that's true. Because I mean, you think about your college days, party in freshman year, sophomore year. You're not of age, so you're not hitting the bars too much. 
you're hitting the house parties or whatever, and then you may be hitting a club here and now, but at your time, you're not hitting the clubs anymore. You know what I mean? Even at No, and I like I was out and about, but like ECU's one of those or Greenville's one of those places that's very much a college town. Yeah. And the bar scene is really condensed, but like freshmen don't go to the same bars. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see them. Yeah. Yeah. And after a while, like you start to realize I have an eight to five job. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not thirsty out there. Yeah. When, okay. Here's okay, here's a good question. What at what age did that finally hit you? Of like, I can't be up till two or three, and I got to get up at seven. Ooh, because I, quick. because for me, I had like twenty one, twenty two. I think right around like the twenty four, twenty five, when you just start feeling like dog shit at work, and you're like, and you've got the beer shits, your stomach's hurt, you're sweating, and you're like, I can't do this. Like I'm miserable at work. I'm already at work. I can't be. I don't want to be miserable. Yeah. And I think it was like 24, 25 for me where I finally like, okay, I can't do this on a regular basis if I have to get up early for the next day at work or whatever. Yeah, I would say like 22. Okay. I could go hard on a weekend yeah. all day, but there is no like, I'm going to go out and get a drink or two and bring home. Like, okay. I did one mug night, and if y'all, any of the listeners know what a mug night is, you can bring whatever container you want and they'll fill it for a dollar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at, a, at a certain at a certain bar or yeah. all the bar. Yeah. Certain bar. Yeah. What did you take? No, I, I went to the dollar chain. Me and my friends like decorated mugs. Like I was like, we're gonna go to mug night. Yeah. Because a lot of my friends were still in school because you know yeah. college is everybody's staggered. Um. Yeah. And then you were like, yeah. <laughs> See, we had. Duval, I don't know if you knew, but Quarter Bar up in, in Greensboro had a mug night. But they and Brittany, they used to do the same thing because when I was underage, a lot of my fraternity brothers would go up there and it was like you could bring a pot, a boiling pot, up there and they'd fill that up for you for a dollar. Then it got to the point to where it was like this is getting too rambunctious, like too many people. So then they started selling like the plastic, as you see at every college town or every party place, that plastic 22-ounce mug. It's either a bright neon color or whatever it is, and you bought one of those for like seven bucks, and you could bring it back, and then you'd refill it for two bucks every mug night or whatever. So that's what they started doing because it started getting like people were bringing like mini fish tank aquariums in there. And then, like, um, you know those, like, little fish bowls, and they drop it and break it, and then they have glass everywhere, you know? It's, it's a hot mess. It's a hot mess. Yes. We've had pennies before. Yeah. Yeah, that, oof. I remember you told me about that. That's scary. That was a tough one, yeah. So, like, after that, like, I, you just can't. Yeah. No, no. And it's a very, like, customer service-based job. Like, you have to talk to people. I can't be, like, hungover and, like, <laughs> in my office all day. Like, i got to give a whole presentation and everybody knows that Jack Black look when you're just sitting there with the glasses on and your hair's all messed up and you're like and especially the teacher that you're going to go in there is going to be like yo I know you're hungover come on you can't hide this from me <laughs> exactly because exactly, everybody's been there you can't hide and especially your eyes is all red you just, you just you're squinting and it's like nah I can't do it nah I feel you so I will say the best the funny thing is though is that you learn like people kind of take on the persona of their school. So during the college fair season, like I said, you're all in a hotel with like 40 recent grads 
<laughs> and like, yeah, there's a Chili's in the parking lot, you know, like, so there's certain times where there's certain college fairs where they can, you can look around and be like, oh my God, y'all are good for y'all. Like, it's okay. It's okay. But like, you learn really quick after getting drunk at like a long, long horn on yeah. a Tuesday. That like, it's not as fun <laughs> no. being in a high school gym with no AC. No, no, not at all. Oh, no. No, thank you. So, you kind of touched on it earlier. So, you think UNC Wilmington slash the coast, is that a spot you're going to be at for a while? Yeah, I'm not at UNC Wilmington, so I'm not. That's right. Where Where are you? Uh, I'm not going to say the name of my job because it's, like, statewide. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like, anybody to, like, be like, oh, my God. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I work for, like, a statewide college access program. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I have, like, the whole 910 area code as my chair. Okay, so you just you try to get kids to go to college and then pick the right school for them. Yeah. Okay. Or just at least help them like connect the dots, like okay. how to get this started or how to like, yeah, okay. even parents. Like, so if anybody needs help. With that. So this, so your job's located in Wilmington. But could you live anywhere? Anywhere in the area code. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, so, so it's based off the area code that they give you. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Now, now, will your area code ever change? Or will it always be the Nine One? I mean, I didn't know. Just like you know, I mean, like if you. Oh yeah, no, they don't change that. Okay. Okay. If if I mean, if they could get us like a nine eight zero seven zero four, like another person out there would love that. But like, I I like this area. I'm originally from like kind of this area, and I'd rather Wilmington than where I'm from. You were you were in Fayetteville, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I love Fayetteville, like a lot of fond memories there, but I would take a beach over Fayetteville. Well, yeah, I mean, that's your military to the core town, and yeah. then you're in Wilmington where it's at least beach chilling, a little bit of a mix of everybody, as you said earlier. Yeah. So I'll ask you this then, because I'm a big brewery person. Your favorite mm-hmm. brewery in Asheville, your favorite brewery in Wilmington? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, Favorite brewery to go to in Asheville would be Sierra Nevada. Yeah, like that's our that's our yeah that's no that's our only five star review out of all our brewery reviews because it is there's it's the mech it's there's there's nothing you can knock it on. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. No, but like the, my favorite like beer in Asheville uh, was Highlands. I yeah. Love, okay. Love, love Highlands. See, I've got a theory on Highwire. Highwire is laundering hella money. They <laughs> listen, listen, listen. They are the only they are the only brewery that's expanding during the pandemic, and they've got like seven locations. They got one in Nashville, two in two in Asheville, one in Raleigh, one in Durham, and now they're opening up another one in Wilmington. And I'm like, how? I mean, I I enjoyed Highwire. I've only been to the one in downtown Asheville, South Slope. I haven't been to the one that's near Biltmore or whatever, but good beer and the one in but the one in South Slope is teeny. It's like the size it's of my so basement, small. and I'm like, how? What are they doing? Like, I and we, a lot of their beers are out of on grocery stores and stuff like that, but 
It just doesn't make I think sense. They both had it. Yeah. I think they find like really small places and yeah. then yeah, and, and chuck their beer out to every food line from here to yeah. Georgia. You know, yeah. That bed of nails is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, but Wilmington, I haven't been there yet, but I love Wilmington's tropical IPA. Uh, um, oh, Wilmington Brewery Company? Yeah, yes. their tropical lightning IPA. Okay. That is good. So, so we went there for a friend's wedding before we started doing brew reviews, and we had a good amount. We were supposed to have a wedding, and I'd hit you up months ago and meet up with you and do some brew reviews, but then this was before yes. COVID. So that that wedding has been moved to, like, November. So if we do okay. decide to go, I'll holler at you, and we'll be up there for a weekend. But, yeah, I, I was very surprised when I went with Wilmington's beer scene. Very, it's neat. it's neat and very good. I actually, the, the Wilmington Brewing Company was some very good beer, some good hazy IPAs, cool little yep. spot. They had like a little, have, so you haven't been there yet? I haven't been there. When we went there, it was probably three, four years ago, and they had like an indoor, like small putt putt course that was only like three holes. They had like just a lot of like ping pong and some other real, just a random little spot, but a cool small spot too. But like the back shed was huge in the back, but. Yeah, no. It's... I haven't been there. I will say, so that's my favorite beer in Wilmington, but my favorite brewery is Wrightsville Beach Brewery. Okay, haven't been to that one yet. That's recently new, though, isn't it? Pretty, it's like a couple new. years, I think? Yeah. One of my friends that I met here randomly, like first weekend I moved here, me and her have been friends ever since. Yep. Her friend's the GM there, and so like we meet up there a lot. Their food is so good. Like yeah. quality, good, like good food. But they usually have like 40 beers on top. Oh, nice. And like meat stuff, like they have horchata stouts. They have, yeah, they have a really good ginger blonde that mm. is fantastic. They partnered up since Black Lives Matter became super like, pro- like prominent in the news. They partnered up with an organization here and made this like amazing dark imperial stout. So there's just been some like, it, the scene here is pretty good. Yeah. So pretty I, I'll tell a quick funny story for you. When we were there, Jerry and I were obviously dating. We were married, and we went to another friend's wedding. We were brewery hopping. I don't know. Have you been to Front Street? The one yeah, that's Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this story actually was told on one of our very first, like, five episodes with the other guy that was that used to host. So we had been brewery hopping all day. We actually, before we got to Front Street Brewery, we went to another spot. And at one point, the guy was like, all right, here's your beers. He goes, whatever you do, just don't go on the patio. We don't have anything, like... Just don't leave like the front patio. Jerry Ann all of a sudden takes off down the road, and the guy's like, "No, you gotta come back." She's like, "I'm not from here. I don't know the rules." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh gosh!" So we go into Front Street, mind you. Later that night, we're supposed to be going back to Front Street to do the like. We're not invited to the rehearsal dinner, but we're gonna go to, like the after party rehearsal dinner. So we go there to get some food. I've had one too many beers. I want to say I was probably like 24, 25, still a little younger. And we're sitting at the bar, we're ordering, we're eating, and at something that I had, it had like this salsa with it, and it was like a green salsa. Somehow, the the bartender thought, I'd accidentally spilled the salsa like on the bar. She thought I threw up on the bar. So she's all mad and hot and bothered. Well, we go to like pay our tab, and now at the time, I will say, this is where I'll be coming, this is my mistake, I was dipping. Not at the time, but I was dipping in a certain... So when I would drink a lot, I would just normally spit just because that's what it was when I was dipping a lot. 
I didn't have one in, but I guess I just kind of turned around and I just being drunk is a lot of being just really drunk. I kind of like just spit on the floor and she like went into an uproar and they like went to kick us out. They grabbed us, like pulled us out and pulled, pulled us everything. So we get kicked out, told us to never come back again, right? Well, we have to later that night sneak in so we can go <laughs> to this rehearsal dinner. So we sneak That's in. A place to sneak in. It is. It was. So we kind of snuck in and went up to their top floor or whatever, and, and we're telling this story or whatever, and everyone's joking, laughing, having a good time. So next day, the wedding goes on, all good, and then we see the bride afterwards at the reception, and she goes, I've got a story for you. She goes, so we were getting our hair done. And the hairdresser was like, guys, there were these two people at Front Street Brewery yesterday who got kicked out, like drug out of the place. And she like turned around and she was like, what time was that? And she like told us, she's like, and she's like, I even have like a video. And she could see the back of like me and Jerry in his heads. And she's like, yeah, I know those people. They're, they're going to be at the wedding later today. And so she told us that. And I was like, wow, that is just okay. Fantastic. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was one of those things where you just go. And, and I remember later that night, we ended up at this another place that serves pizza. We were watching. I think it was one of Golden State's first championships because, like, they just – who did they play? Like, did they beat LeBron the first year or whatever? Anyway, they had this big outside patio. Well, to get an Uber, it was, like, $60 back to, like, the hotel we were staying at. And mind you, it was the middle of summer, so we were staying, like, on the outskirts. So we weren't paying $250 a night for a hotel room. So we're like, well, we'll just walk it and try to get an Uber outside the city to be a little bit cheaper. Well, we got, luckily, lo and behold, this guy on those little um, bikes with the rickshaws on the back. And he's like, I got to go pick somebody up anyway. So he picks us up and drives us all the way up and then lets us out somewhere. We ran into some random people who had a pizza. They shared the rest of their pizza with us because they didn't want to carry it the whole way. So we ate some pizza. Then we called our Uber. We get back to our hotel, and they were shooting a, tele, a TNT television show at our motel. So we show up, and I'm drunk. I'm trying to get on set. I'm, like, bumbling around trying to jump on set and get in on it. They got all the lights up and everything. Jerry's like, yo, we got to go into bed. We got to get to bed. So that was my last excursion into Wilmington. It's always a good time. It's a fun little city. It's such a cool place. Yeah. And like, like, yeah, they're always filming something. Like, yeah. you'll just be walking down the street, and it'll be, like, a whole, like, scene <laughs> yep. And you're like, oh, okay. And then the show will be on, like, the next month and you're like, yep. oh, okay, that's, wow, like, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's me, Cal. I saw a man walking down the street one time that had a shirt on and said, I'm not an alcoholic, I'm just from Wilmington. No. <laughs> that's, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, people have a good time here. Yeah. They have a very good time. Yes. And Front Street's a great, that's Front Street, yeah. Awesome. My friend, I have a friend that works there. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. So, luckily, like I said, I, I should be clear and safe by the time we go back now, whenever that may be, but, uh, yeah, that was, it was quite the interesting story we had there, just being young and dumb and, you know, making mistakes, so, but, all right, we'll, uh, Brit, uh, Brittany, I gave you some questions, Jeeves, are you ready? Okay. I am. All right, it is the Warehouse Distillery, <laughs> Wine Under the Bridge, Escape 109 Notebook, I sent some, Brittany some questions from our notebook, she's, she's gonna choose one and then ask us all, you went ahead and chose it, so what you got for us? This is a very important topic to me um, that I'm really struggling with in my 30s. 
um, and meeting other people and trying to make friends and like schedule things. What time is an appropriate time to eat dinner? And Jabal and I are not going to agree on this. <laughs> <laughs> After looking together, we yeah. Have <laughs> Why don't you state your case of where you're at right now? Yeah, you go first. Yeah. Grew up in a very structured household. My stepdad is military, so time is a big deal. And I believe dinner should be no later than 7.30. Okay. Even after 8 o'clock, I think it's inappropriate. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <Yeah>. Fair enough. <laughs> so between like yeah. 6 and 7.30, that is the dinner window. Okay. And if you're going out with people, that's the dinner window. Okay. I... All throughout college, I was a very big get everybody together, be a attorney, calf at five or eat at five. So then you had plenty of time to let the food settle and then get your drink on or whatever it may be. As you get into the, the work grind, most of the time you work until five. I actually work a lot of time with our TV show, goes till seven. So yeah, seven thirty is usually when we'll probably can sit down and eat if I'm after work. But I, I, I can get down with that. A five to seven thirty. Because if you start getting into later, like everybody's just getting hangry and getting grumpy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to sleep with this giant brick on my stomach. That's true, too. That is true, too. So I, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, I will definitely say eight, but I'm not, if, if someone's calling me and we're setting up dinner reservations, I'm not setting it for eight. I'm setting it for at least seven. At the latest, at the latest seven. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go I'll go next. So so my answer to that it depends. So alright. From as a, me being black, I say I schedule something, okay, listen, we gonna have dinner at seven. That's eight. People don't show up until eight. Yes. So then until eight thirty nine. So it's like it is what it is. Now on like I try to on like Sunday evenings on like Sunday dinners I try to do I try I do try to eat around five five thirty okay and I have and, and, and your window between five and seven thirty or five thirty to seven thirty is not a bad window it just really just depends on who you're dealing with it depends on the situation because if it's like a birthday are we going out or something nah it, it's probably not gonna happen until I'm probably not gonna eat till like eight thirty no. No, I can't live my life. Yeah, because even because Duval, if we're going out and I'm eating at eight thirty nine, how am I supposed to get my drink on? Because now I gotta let that food settle, and I can't really start drinking till like midnight. <laughs> I'll give you a prime example. Every time I come over to your house, whenever we're shooting the breeze in the yard, in the backyard, whatever. Anytime I come over, you know I'm not. I, typically, it's dark by the time I get over. It's always late, <laughs> but I'm always come over with food, and that means what time is it? It's, it's at least eight o'clock. Yeah, nine o'clock. So you're just like, what the hell? You know. So I mean, I get it. That's why. That's why Jake will be there for breakfast next morning. Very <laughs> <laughs> true, because yeah, I get extra wings, and he can have the rest of the wings. So yeah, yeah. That's where the part of like being from a mixed family is really hard. <laughs> yeah. I understand. If it's black people, I know what time I'm going to eat, so I'm mentally prepared for that. Yeah. If it's yeah. white people, I know I can't be late yeah. because of genetically built into me. <laughs> 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 I know I can't be late, so yeah. like, oh, it's hard, and I get it. It depends on like who you're dependent on, yeah. but like, 
the way my metabolism is set up, I, I, it, mm, yeah. I eat after eight o'clock. I'm like, oh, oh God, yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm with you. That I, I, I try not to eat late too. Like you said, unless you're out, it's a weekend and you're just cut loose and you've just thrown everything to the wind and you getting. Waffle House at three anyway. Then yeah, that's a whole different. I mean, that's your that's your first breakfast or your second dinner, third dinner, whatever it may be. But yeah, during during the week, I mean, barring a crazy work schedule, I you know it's hard to because you feel like you said, Brittany. If you, if you go to eight eight thirty nine, then it's like wait, but I should be in the bed with the covers on, watching a show, and not have yeah yeah yeah. yeah. My only problem is if I eat at like six thirty seven. You hungry again? Drink and I'm and I buzz. Eight thirty nine o'clock. I'm hungry as shit again. So it's like you know what? I'm gonna just. <laughs> so. And I will. In your defense, I drink more beer and you drink more liquor, so I fill up easier. Yeah. Beer, so. well, shit. After this, I'm gonna want to eat again, and I'd have had two, three drinks. I'm not gonna eat again because it's too late. For me, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was. I'm. I'm kind of like Brittany. Grew up in a structured household. Uh, Dad always got off like at. 4.30, quarter to five. So he would come home and then like cook dinner. And like soon as mom walked through the door, like she would drop her uh, work bag off, laptop off, and then we would eat. And then she would go change. So it's kind of like embedded in me. Like when I leave work, I go get food. <laughs> and I eat it when I get home at seven o'clock. I'm sitting, I'm undercover watching TV, and then I'm ready to go to bed. So. But like, that's Monday through Friday, and then on the weekends it's, it's out the window. But I'm 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 like I'm like Brittany and Jacob. Uh, about five to seven thirty is my time, my dinner window. Yeah, yeah. Because I again I, I get hangry, man. You're talking about genetics and everything, it's just like if you don't have food, your blood sugar ain't right at some point, or your iron or whatever it is. Then I'm I'm just cussing people out because they shoes untied. I don't need to be doing that if I'm waiting too long to eat. It's like, and then you eat, and you're like, why did I act like that? And you're like, well, I know why, because I had no food in me. And it's just like, damn. And that's how you realize, like, your, your parents was grumpy as shit sometimes, because they was waiting on your ass to do something, and then they, had, they hadn't had food, because they was doing, running errands, and you're like, I know why they were so grumpy all the time. So, yeah. Yep. But. <laughs> all right, Brittany, uh, any final thoughts, final words, final sayings? I just like thank you for having me. This is great. Yeah. I think I've been staring at FAFSA information <laughs> to do all day. <laughs> thank you so much, y'all are I I value your friendship. And yes. I'm glad that stuff like this reminds us that friendship and like connection is really the most important thing in times like this. Yeah, I think and I think that's what's been you know, interesting to see during this wild COVID time is just trying to keep that connection. I mean, we've even talked about like you know, you can't stay cooped up in your house for the rest of your life. We get it. We all want to be safe. You don't want to give COVID to your grandma or whatever it is, but you also can't just sit in my basement for the next three years because I'm kind of scared in a way. And you got to, it's like balancing that like risk reward as we were talking about. You know, I think I said it to somebody. It's like, I even said it last week, there's like, a, it's like, what's in between? Licking toilet seats and like staying in your basement, right? Like that, like and never going out. You got to find some kind of middle ground in there, and whatever you're comfortable with is what you do. But you know, not seeing people, and, and this has helped. You know, Zoom has helped with that stuff. But also trying to get out and see people also is, it, you know, 
the checks and balances, the rewards. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What's been the toughest thing you've had during all this, Brittany? Um, knowing, like, for the past eight years, that ball has been 15 concerts a week and, like, the rush of all of that. And, like, now it's going to be staring at a laptop. Now, this not really random, but I know a lot of people have kind of pushed, and I even saw, I think, you tweet about it. They even went on that one uh, local news station this seems to be the year where if you didn't – we talked about money and paying for things. If you didn't want to pay – because you're not going to get the full college experience on a four-year place. This would be the year or next year maybe because we're still – like you, I even saw you tweeted about we don't know how spring is going to be or fall next year. Yeah. This would yeah. be the time if you're on that bubble to knock out those prereqs and only spend 800 bucks a semester instead of spending – Fourteen thousand or whatever, three thousand or whatever it may be on college prices now. For sure, that and like on top of that, like y'all were talking like to bring it full circle. Y'all were talking about grad school and stuff. It's an investment. College, yeah. you're not paying. Yes, you're paying for the experience and all that fun stuff, but that's an experience. I mean, you talk to anybody who didn't go to college right out of high school, they still got that like growth experience and like got to hang out with people and all that stuff. So. Don't go to college for that. You need to go to college because you want to get the, the education and you want to get a good job. It's an investment in your future. So, yeah. like, don't make dumb investment decisions. Yeah. If you want to be a lawyer, yeah, Chapel Hill. Like, if you want to go ahead and get that started, go ahead and go yeah. good on you. Like, if you're trying to be a teacher, maybe you can take English at CP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, at school. Yeah. It's one of the top in the nation. Yeah. Like, it's fantastic. Like, so there's. Yeah, I think we put a little too much pressure on comparing our kids to other people's kids and like pushing them into college because of the experience we had rather than really thinking about college as an investment in getting a job. And I know it'd be, it be it's easy for us to say that now, being 30s, and, right. and, and we can sit there because we got the experience our four years, five years, whatever. I know, Jeeves, you went to CP for a little bit and got your uh, associates or whatever. But you still came up and cut loose with me every now and then as you could. It's, it's fun. Yeah, but it, it would be but it would be tough as an 18, 19-year-old when you've had this the animal house in your head and, and you've heard your brother or sister or friends talk about the college experience to bite that bullet and use that maturity because – Again, as we just saw, college kids. Yeah, you're right. College kids, you can't tell them nothing. You couldn't tell me nothing. Look at it. They're going. What did they expect? They go. Why are college kids at bars? What do you expect? I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to have house parties. Yeah, they're going to do whatever they want. I mean, we we lived through the swamp flu. We were still partying. Now that wasn't as contagious as you know this is going on, but still, you couldn't tell us nothing. We were at the nastiest fraternity house party or apartment party or club or whatever, doing whatever, because that was your four years or five years or whatever. So, but yeah. It's, seven for sure. Yes. But if we're, like, if you're talking about the money part, yes. then, yeah, the year to go ahead and save some money. Absolutely. And go to your local community college. Yeah. But if you're talking about the experience, then you're not going to get it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, nothing was worse than seeing all the kids of Chapel Hill and NC State go to school for one week. And then having to pack all their shit back up and go back to their parents' house or wherever they're going, I mean that's, I mean that's worse than like you said if you just went and paid eight hundred bucks for your English and your math entry level classes and you could just say stay at your parents' house or a friend's apartment and knock them things out and you'd have been all right per se. So, 
18, 19 year olds out the house anyway. Don't let them fool you. Because their parents, they want them. pretty as you think you're going to put on the paper of going to Chapel Hill for four years, UNCW, UNC Asheville for four years, just to save your par- your your pocket and some change money and your parents' pocket. And again, some people it doesn't matter. They don't care about money because maybe they come from generational wealth. But for those who are, you know, pinching pennies and making sure they don't want to be 40 grand in the hole or more when they come out, you know, maybe you turn that forty grand out of t- a year or two years in community college, and you knock it down to fifteen, twenty grand. I mean, that's that's a little bit. E- that's a car payment as opposed to two. Oh, we lost Brittany. Are you a sports fan and wondering why guys like LeBron James and Dwayne Wade are drinking wine rather than the Bush Light you might be drinking right now? What if I told you I'd be willing to give you fifty dollars in free wine to find out? High quality wine is both enjoyable and easier on your body. So if you've been thinking about trying some good quality wine, but you're not really sure where to start, you're stuck in the house and looking for some entertainment, or you're already a wino and looking to try something new, I've got a great idea for you. Scout Circle allows you to have a variety of wines that are cleanly crafted and handpicked by a level 3 sommelier automatically shipped to your doorstep at your desired frequency. All the wine inside will be in, will be free of any chemicals or added sugar that you'll see in most wines in the store, and they'll have the lowest possible amount of sulfites included. So you can forget about the beer bloat while you're drinking or the headache the next day that won't come with the highest quality of wine out there. And each box comes with fun facts to teach you about the wine that you're drinking and, you'll, and about the small vineyard that you're helping to support. Plus, if you're still hesitant, all the wine in your box will come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you're unsatisfied with a bottle for any reason, just let me know, and I'll replace it for you with the same one or any other wine on my site at equal or lesser value. To sign up, just head to my Instagram at wineunderthebridge and click the link in my bio. If you have any questions when you get there, just send me a DM. I'll be happy to help. New members that sign up for this program before the end of May will receive $50 in free wine credits when they receive their third shipment to use on any additional bottles that you left. So head over to at Wine Under the Bridge on Instagram and eliminate the guesswork while trying something new and fun with your family or friends. A glass of wine a day will keep your beer good away. Cheers. Brittany's back after uh, laptop failures there. It happens to the best of us. I think it actually has happened to Jeeves before, Duvall before, and me before, where we've all frozen up and dropped out. That's just, it happens, you know, luckily. Mine happened when my uh, web browser was updated. See? See, it ha- yeah, it just, things just happen, man. I'm updated in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> Jeeves, you gotta learn to clear your history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but yeah, as we were saying, I think, you know, it would be the year. To if you were pinching the pennies to look for the you know the community college stuff, but yeah, Brittany, it was good having you. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Plug for community colleges. Not even when you're not pinching pennies, there's some really great programs. 
and there's some really great things you can do at community colleges. So just like take a look at them because they don't get the love they deserve. I mean, we haven't even. I mean, we've been an hour and five into this, and you bring up community colleges. You're a big uh, Last Chance U fan, oh. and so yeah. I mean, if you're talking about it, so, we'll give a quick. Duval, did you watch this last season? I, I did, man, and I was oh. a little disappointed, man. You were now, now. Why were you disappointed in this season? I, I, I think it it just didn't it just didn't do enough for me. Okay. Man. I mean, maybe it, maybe it was maybe it was the the actual players. I mean, the background stories were still very good. I mean, he had the kid that was living out of his car. You know, it was it was it was, it was really tough. Um, but I don't know. It was just some about those other. Ones. They just had so many players that were just dogs and just I just I just didn't see that in this one. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. Um, one thing I'm interested to see is what the next one is basketball. Yeah. And me being a basketball fan, I really want to see how that one's going to go. But. Um, but I'll leave that to, to you and Brittany because I know you all dived into it like the first couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you like it? Do you watch it? I watched it when I was at Jake's. Um, I didn't have Netflix but, uh, at, at the time, so I, I need to catch up on some things from Netflix. I I tweeted it out. It Obviously, like Duvall said, it did not have the star power as some other seasons where we had people from Power Fives, from Florida States, from Auburn's, from Miami's, from the big schools who had to leave and then try to regain their stuff. But I think what they had to do, especially after the scandal they had with the previous coach calling a player Hitler and using all – and, like, that coach was just a wild man. Wild man. He had his ways. It obviously worked sometimes. It didn't work the others. Jason Brown or Jason whatever that guy was from Indy or whatever. So they had to find a, a, a coach who was the polar opposite and who has been in the community for, oh, well, he was almost there 30, 40 years and had roots in there. And was, a, I mean, in football coaches, you have to be hard-nosed, you know, especially the head coach in some way. And everyone coaches differently. There's no, like, particular exact right way to be, but there's different branches. And obviously he got hard on them and would say certain things, but he wasn't to the extreme of, like, completely tearing them down and making them feel worthless as the other guy did the previous season. But it still was interesting. It's always interesting, especially to see the struggle, to see different. You, We all get caught up in our own bubbles, and especially this year where we haven't gone out that much. I feel like you get caught in your bubble, and to go out and, like you said, Duval, see someone who's living in their car, a situation with well, all four of us here have pretty loving families. Everybody's got their issues behind closed doors and had ups and downs. But his dad being a total asshole, I mean, making him dress up in girls' clothes and going to school, and he didn't even have any remorse for that? I mean, that to me is what boiled me up, you know, being a father now, and I know I gave my parents hell. We all did growing up in that certain age range where you're just an asshole and whatever because everything, hormones and everything's raging through you. But to think that, like, as punishment, I would send my son to his school – and the opposite gender's clothes. And even though in today, like, just to be me, like, I just, that. You deliberately humiliating. Yeah. Like, like that, you, that means. You, sh- you shouldn't as a parent try to humiliate your your kids out in public unless, you know, like, there's certain boundaries. And that crossed one, like, multiple, like, just mentally that'll fuck you up. Physically, emotionally, like, and, and didn't not even see his dad, like, show any remorse. And, like, all he had to kind of. 
I think that kid was just wanting to, I'm sorry. I was in the wrong. I should have never done that. And his dad never said that. He just said, we're two, you can't have two alpha males in the house. And, yes, you can. It's a father and a son. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, you're not, you're a kid. Like, you're not supposed to be competing with him. What is wrong with you? Like, get the hug. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And, and, I, and I think what I really loved about this season is we always talk about, you know, it, every aspect of family is important. Mothers are definitely important to daughters and sons. But I love this season, the fact of how much they showed the importance of a father figure and a father being in somebody's life can mean and help. You know what I mean? Like we saw how shitty that kid's dad was and how it actually like it set him back so much. But he was trying to fight through it. Like you said – it, you just wanted to reach out and give that kid a hug and be like, yo, man, it's going to be okay. Like, that's all he was really wanting was some acceptance. And when you're growing up as a male, that's all you really want from your dad, right? You want him to be hard on you because it's your dad. You you kind of want to be your best friend, but you don't get that until you're, like, in your early 20s, late late 20s, right? But you also just want him to know that no matter what, they got your back. Like, you can fuck up. You can quit a sport. You can fail a class, but they're going to be there as your family. And to see that, it was like... You know, and that's what, oh, damn, she, we lost. <laughs> Did we lose her again? I think so. Damn. Brittany's back again. Failed charger a couple times. It's all good. It happens. It's, it happens. But, yeah, as we like you said, it's just, to me, that was one of the aspects of just seeing that how important a father figure was and all that. But, Brittany, what were your thoughts? I think this season showed more so than the other seasons how important that time in your life is. And how, like, having someone in your life to kind of help guide you is so important. And I think that coach showed impeccably the role a coach could play mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a kid's life. Like, he was he was a hard ass, but he was still, he held them accountable. He pushed them, but, like, gave them expectations to live up to and stuff like that. I, I really, I thought this season was great in a way that the others... The other show, like, the raw sport, and I yeah. understand why people, you know, who really watch the show for that reason really didn't see this season as entertaining because it, it, really, it was not good football. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was a better story, yeah. I think. Um, and I think that's what they, yeah, like, the producers had to pull that out. I mean, you got, like, halfway through, you start shooting that season, and you realize, oh, they're not as good as they were last year when they won the championship. So now let's start focusing on more of these players, the coach, the family, and all that kind of aspect because we're, they're not going to make the playoffs unless a miracle happens and we're not going to have that footage to show. So let's get some balance. I mean, that the one kid, the white kid that was the receiver, oh. I mean, his his family backstory, yes. Like, like just, and again, you, you talk about like, you know, there's some families you see where people, they all do the same thing. Like, brother played football, brother plays football, sister plays volleyball, whatever. That kid came from a family. His grandparents were, like, writers of this big novel. And, like, weirdos kind of probably had some orgies in their house and, like, all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. The grandpa was a, a child molester all this stuff. And this kid comes out to play football <laughs> at a local J- junior college. And you're like... How in the world did this guy come out like that? Like it just—it was wild. It was, and that's I think what was too is just showing different backgrounds from different people. And just knew he was going to be the best receiver in the NFL. Like, right. 
right, right. I was like, come on, bro. You don't have to, like, learn a trade or yes. something. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I... And that's what's what why you see all these seasons, and it's you know now that we're being thirty, you look back on it, and everybody at some point has to hang it up. Their dream yeah. of playing a sport or being a professional actor, actress, singer, musician. At some point, you got to go. Okay, I can still do this on the side, play some recreational sports, whatever. But like you said, I got to find something else I'm good at because I can't bang my head against concrete walls if. You know, for nothing, for pennies. And if I'm not making it here, there's something to be said. Now, the coach can hold you back at some point if you have a disagreement, but it's also something you're doing where that's not making you shine on the field. Um, and yeah, I, don't, I mean, it, you're good, and that's okay. Yes, you know, yes. like that's fine. You're good at you're good because you like it and all that stuff. But he was like, what, five eleven with Tim's on? <laughs> yeah. like, you're not. I'm sorry, baby. Yeah. <laughs> like. And it, Hey, like, yeah. I'm not going to be on Sports Illustrated anytime soon. And I've accepted that. I'm okay with that. I sleep well at night. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. So, I think that show just really shows, like, you really, that's a tough time. And yeah. I think for everybody. Yeah. You know? And, the, yeah, the dreams aspect. I mean, you even go back to four seasons ago, the Isaiah kid, who oh. was one of the best running backs they said they'd ever seen. And then he gets jammed up. With that murder charge, because he was in the back, yeah, in the back of a car, because they were buying some weed from some sketchy person, and someone wanted to just kill the guy over three hundred dollars and some stank weed, and he had at least a scholarship to go to Western Kentucky or whatever it was, all taken from him. Two or three years burned from his life. Now his football, like the prime of you getting at least a college degree, is gone, and now you ended up on the street because you just sat in the back of the seat because you were looking for some weed. With the charge. Yeah. yeah. Like, you have a record now. Yeah. So, Bobby yeah. Bruce broke my oh, entire heart. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's some great stories on there. I follow a lot of them on Twitter. Yeah. In my mind, like, we're friends. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic show. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. And I, I do look forward to the basketball because I think that grind, because the rosters are smaller, the, I mean, it's 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 hard to make it a college athlete athletics anyway, let alone the, the professional athletics. But that basketball grind at a junior college, I mean, sports in general at a junior college is a grind that you either just have to do something to stay busy or you're thinking you're going to be the next whatever. But, whew, I mean. And you got to love the sport. You do. You can't be half assed yes. Because you're in the trenches. Yes. Like, you are not, like, most of these schools don't have the facility. Like, no. You're, you know. Oh, yeah. No disrespect to Mississippi, but I'm good. You know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No. It's. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember. I remember learning, kind of like you do have to love the sport, but also like there's some people who get to and use the sport for their gain. I always you you always think people oh they just they just must love it, especially going to UNCG. I'm thinking oh I mean you really must love it to play here. I remember running to a basketball player one time, and he was probably you know six eleven, and. Someone was saying something about a game and how you love it, and he just—I was off the record. He's like, "Look, man, I'm just here because it's the only way I was making it to school. Like, I wouldn't." And I was like, "And that's where it first clicked to me. I was like, you know what? There's an other avenue. If this is the only way, because this is what got you a scholarship, and this is the way you can get school for free in a, in a way, not have to have them loans or whatever, then use it that way. 
And that's the way, like you said, some people even go to the junior college or whatever. That's a way for them to get their associates or then to use that stepping stone to get to the four-year school. And maybe they don't even play, but they get in and they can walk on and at least get a four-year degree. So you, there's multiple ways to get there. But you do have to at least either be very skilled but somewhat just know what you're grinding for, be it you yeah. love the sport or you just need to take that next stepping stone. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, final thoughts. Oh, go ahead, Brittany. Sorry. All right. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. Like, so, so, I lived in the athletic dorm freshman year. Don't ask me how. I'm not athletic at all. But um, it was just amazing to see, especially in a state as rural as North Carolina, to see that depicted on TV, hmm. like the struggles that these boys are coming from. Like, I know boys that were using their scholarship money to pay their mom's rent. Yeah. didn't have money. Or guys with kids and guys, you know, who – had never left their hometown, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So I just think that show shows like these kids aren't just neat, you know, yeah. they're, they're people who are trying to better their life. And that was an interesting aspect with the one kid, the uh, Samoan kid or Polynesian kid who had the two yeah. kids and him trying to get his work done. He was fucking up a little bit with some of the plagiarism stuff, but even then you saw him, if his wife was working or she was going to school, he had to take the kids. And I thought it was interesting that that particular teacher, they wouldn't allow kids in the classroom. Yeah. And, I mean, we've all been I've, – I've been in college classes where someone's brought their kids, and there's and I guess that's just a professor or maybe a school-wide policy depending on where they go. But, you know, some professors use it as a, hey, we get it. Everyone's got shit to do. Sometimes you just got to get your shit done and kids sit there. But hers was, look, I'm not a babysitter. And I get it. There's different – Ways to see it, see it through the looking glass. There's no 100% right way to do it. But just to see, like you said, that struggle of I got to watch these two kids while also trying to turn these papers in to get this passing grade so I can try to get to another school and juggling it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll uh, we'll log it off before Brittany's computer decides to die again on us. So. <laughs> but uh, thanks for uh, – Thanks for coming by. Brittany, where can you be found on social medias if you want to be found? I can be found on Twitter at B-E-E-P-E-E, the pirate. So B-B, the pirate. Okay. All right. (laughs) Thanks for stopping by. Jeebs Duvall, as always. And then uh, Brittany, stay stay after so we can get a couple photos for the social media. But uh, Jeebs, man, how do we send it out? The song, Charlie won't stop, she goes all night long And that's a girl who knows what she want in life She a school